Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Colin, we spent the last five weeks going through the Psalms and seeing what we can learn about God, about his nature, about his character. And today we're going to Psalm 73. We're starting pretty much in the middle, verse 23. Here we've got a wonderful couple of verses where the psalmist says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. One of the great things about the Psalms is we have this wonderful sense of the transcendence of the glory, the majesty, the lordship of God, and yet at the same time this intimate relationship that it's possible for us to have with him. And if we put these verses in their context, just before the psalmist has said, When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. So he's been going through a really difficult time and and feels really that he's got right away from the Lord. Uh, Yet I am always with you. Yet the truth is that that you know God is always with us. Jesus is 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 always there. You hold me by my right hand. I love that. I love these these ways in which the Psalms express how this, this intimate relationship with God is actually outworked in our lives. It's as if he has taken hold of our hands. You guide me with your counsel. He's leading us. He tells us what to do. Of course, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, which the Psalmist didn't have. So we've got this added advantage that he's giving us counsel from within and afterward you will take me into glory. So we've got this presence of the Lord with us, leading us, giving us his counsel, giving us his wisdom, and of course we've got the hope of glory to come. And so the psalmist says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, that is a wonderful, wonderful statement. And it's one that I often make when I'm praying and when I'm just making confession over my life, that God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I love that sense, not only of God being my strength and the strength of my heart, but he's my portion forever. What he has done is actually to give himself to me because I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is true for everyone listening who is is a Christian, who is born again, who has surrendered his life to the Lord. So then the psalmist said, Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and I will tell of all your deeds. You see, again, 
it's the sense of imminence, of being close to the Lord, being near to God. He is our refuge. We can live in him, abide in him, even hide ourselves in him. And then we can tell of the wonderful deeds. We can tell of his faithfulness. We can tell of his love. We can tell of his loving kindness. You made the point many a time as we've been going through the Psalms, Colin, that to be near to God is really the secret of knowing him and and enjoying all these benefits that we've been reading about. And that knowing him is only a response, really, to the way in which he knows us. He knows all about us, and uh, there's nothing we can hide from him, none of our words, none of our thoughts, none of our motives or intentions. And that's not a threatening thing. It's a wonderful thing because it demonstrates how deeply God loves us and how greatly he is concerned about us. And this is his heart. He wants everybody to know him in this way. Absolutely. That's why Jesus gave his life for us on the cross, so that that is possible. And you see, in contrast to this, in the following psalm, Psalm 74, we read in verse 12, But you, O God, are my king from of old. You bring salvation upon the earth. It was you who split open the sea by your power, and so on. You see, this one who is so close to us is the one who created us. And if he created us, he certainly understands us. And and this is the thing you can never, ever really get over uh, as a Christian, that God is your father, God is so close to you, he deals so lovingly and tenderly and with his compassion uh, every day of your life, and yet at the same time, he is the Lord, he is the king, he is the creator, he is the one who brought salvation to the whole earth, he is the one who has such mighty power. And it's holding these two um, great truths together, his imminence and his transcendence, that make uh, the relationship that a Christian can have with God such a wonderful, wonderful thing. The psalmist talks here about seeing you, it's you who opened up springs and streams and dried up the ever-flowing rivers. He sees God in everything, everywhere he looks, doesn't he? Yes, and he goes on, the day is yours and yours also the night. You establish the sun and the moon. You see, this is the greatness of God who is working out his purpose in all of creation. And if you go on to the next psalm, Psalm 75, That begins, we give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks for your name is near. Men tell of your wonderful deeds. You see, this is bringing the transcendence and the imminence of God together. The transcendence means that he is so much greater than all he has made. His imminence speaks of his nearness to us. Now, when uh, the psalmist says, your name is near. The name in Scripture denotes the person. So God is near to us in the whole of his person. Um, and, and this is the wonderful thing because it means his salvation is near to us, his grace is near, his mercy, his love, his peace, his joy, whatever it is of God that we need to see expressed in our lives. He is not far off, distant, remote, He's not a sort of otherworldly God. He's not 
um, uninterested in us or he, he's not separate even from the circumstances of our lives because we live in him and he lives in us. Um, in verse 7 of Psalm 75, we reread, It is God who judges. He brings one down, he exalts another. In the hand of the Lord is a cup full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours it out, and all the wicked on the earth drink it down to its very dregs. You see, we're talking about the one who is the great creator. And yes, he would judge uh, the living and the dead. He, everyone will be judged by the Lord. But those who know him don't need to fear that judgment because of the wonderful love and mercy and grace, which means that he forgives our sins, he makes us totally acceptable in our sight, and he actually wants to live close to us. He wants us to know the nearness and, uh, of his presence, and he wants us to depend and rely upon him. That's the great thing. And as you learn to do that in your daily life, you learn also that he never fails you. He never forsakes you. So in, in, in the next psalm, we're, we're moving on a bit uh, today, aren't we? Um, in Psalm 76, you are resplendent with light, more majestic than mountains, rich with game. Uh, you see, it's, it's how great and mighty and awesome he is. Um, you alone are to be feared. Who can stand before you when you are angry? From heaven you pronounce judgment, and the land feared and was quiet. When you, O God, rose up to judge, to save all the afflicted of the land, Surely your reward against men brings you praise, and the survivors of your wrath are restrained. Interesting that today, very few people, even Christians, even church-going people, um, speak about the wrath of God. One of the interesting things is that in times of revival, not only is the love of God preached, but also the wrath, not only salvation, but also judgment. Uh, the Holy Spirit's anointing prompts preachers to preach the whole counsel of God. And we certainly don't want people to come out, uh, to, to come into relationship with the Lord simply out of fear of God in the sense of being afraid of him. But we do need to emphasize how awesome he is and that we cannot gainsay God. We cannot get God to dance to our tune. He has created us. We are his, we belong to him, and it is for us to submit to his will and his purposes and to see his plans outworked in our lives. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I love the way in which the Psalms can one moment be speaking in these very intimate, close sense, and, and the next these great, great sort of themes of judgment. Make vows to the Lord your God and fulfill them. Let all the neighboring lands bring gifts to the one to be feared. He breaks the spirit of rulers. He is feared by the kings of the earth. Yes, there is something so awesome about God that he, that he is to be feared. And yet at the same time, he's the one who in love sent his son so that we could know him, love him, walk with him, and know him leading and guiding us in our lives.
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 